Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and Martina Miller, who's a full-time maker running Naughty by Nature Designs. We've all encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. What's up and welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 55, Self-Doubt. Martina, what's up? Oh, this is I changed way it. hip. You might as I well put your hat it. on too. I should. You're way too cool for me now. Go get it. I feel really tired, but like I need to be lively. So I'd appreciate that because I have to talk to you for at least an hour and I don't want to be bored with you. Well, I can't guarantee that. Two hours now because we're doing this thing called an after show. That's true. And speaking of the after show... We are now officially on Patreon. So patreon.com slash makervisionpodcast. Yay. Yay. We already have eight patrons, which is awesome. I think so. We got to give them their shout outs. Let me hear it. So we have Josh from at ohmsweetohm on Instagram. And I'm going to do all the Instagrams. Tracy from hsb woodworks joe from at z butcher ethan from at ethan carter designs byram from at byram underscore custom underscore woodworks don from at don yg66 chris from at elevated grain 716 and richard from at engstrom.design and all of these are listed on our website at makervisionpodcast.com slash Patreon. So thank you to all of you for supporting us and helping us keep it up. Yes, thank you guys. We appreciate it. Tell your friends. Yes. And right now, if you are a patron at the... We have two tiers right now that qualify for this. And it's the $5 tier and the $10 tier. You get access to the after show with both, but the special offer is you will get a sticker set for the first 30 days we are on Patreon. After the 30 days, that part goes away. I don't even think I have the sticker. You may not. Exclusivity. Ooh, I guess I gotta be a Patreon. Or Patreon. So exclusive, even the co-host doesn't have it. Yeah. <laughs> gotta sign up for Patreon. Yeah. So, what's up? How much? I think, so... This week, what are we talking about? Self-doubt, thanks to Chris from Tinker Wor- Workshop? I think he's Workshop. I, think, I believe that's who gave us the idea. I think a couple people have mentioned it, but that was the most recent, I think. I said, I could definitely talk about self-doubt for an hour. <laughs> which, that was your immediate response, which was funny. <laughs> well, I think you're right there with me, too, and you have the same... Not like you could talk about self-doubt for an hour, but I think we ha- you and I have similar concerns with our business growing and where we're at with it right now. I would agree. But first off, what have you been working on? Kind of my waste board for the, for the Shape Oko. So I have, I had some issues with my spindle. One of the tension belts wasn't doing anything like the little idler nut, I guess it is, wasn't holding the tension of it all at all so i had to take it apart and reconfigure everything and get it all squared away so that way i could actually cut the wasteboard but the, so of course i think everyone knows now i have issues with my shape oko but i will always say that i don't know if it's the machine or me and i will always just blame myself because i don't know what i'm doing but i did notice that because the dust boot is on there it makes it harder to see the z-axis like when it goes up and down the spindle because it t- it's pretty bulky, but, you know, it cleans up all my mess. So so now I just need to attach the T-nuts and everything. So I'm kind of making progress on it very slowly. Those are kind of tricky because because you have to assemble them entirely yourself. Mm-hmm. Unless the part is, like, actually faulty, it almost guarantees that it's, unfortunately, a user error of some sort, which 
kind of blows, but... That's the only thing, like, the fact that I had to assemble the Shapeoko itself versus buying it assembled, I think is good for, if there is issues, I can, like, I know how to take it apart and put it back together. Yeah. I just don't like that I have to take it apart and put it back together. But I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's just, I guess it's a machine. It's vibrating, it's moving, there's normal wear and tear, things are going to loosen up. So Mm -hmm. I just need to start being a better CNC owner and start doing, like, weekly maintenance on it. Or even every two weeks, depending on how often I use it, to prevent stuff like this from happening. Yeah, I could see that. I don't ever write anything down. I think, you know, obviously you know this by now. But I have the little Echo Dot, the Amazon Alexa. So I've learned that I can just tell her what I need done. And then she reminds me, like, through the Echo Dot. And then she sends a reminder to my phone. So now I'm getting alerts daily on stuff I need to do. So maybe I'm going to set up an alert so she reminds me to check my cnc granted i could write this down or put it in my phone but i have a robot why not make the robot do it for me that's not what robots are for that's what i'm saying she hey i have to keep her plugged in all day long she better earn her keep (laughs) (laughs) you're paying her power bill exactly there you go for her to listen to me like wait to listen to me all day long so nice what about you what's going on what you building nothing you're building a shop i am redoing my garage but I have not made anything in two or three weeks now. But you drywalled. You were very handy. Oh my gosh. Drywall is not that it's not doable, but it just sucks. How heavy is a sheet? Is it heavy? It has to be heavier than a sheet of plywood. Uh, I don't know about that. It's probably pretty close at times. I feel like it'd be pretty dense and heavy. Well, I think I honestly don't know how much it weighs per sheet, but the i have to have half inch on two of the walls and then the wall that connects to the house the code is five eighth inch thick so it's a little bit thicker the five eighth was heavy but i lifted all of them myself like my friend helped me actually secure them and attach them but i was the one that lifted them all up because uh, Frank had a bad back which shout out to Frank at for the love of grace because he helped me do a large portion of the drywall he kept coming back yeah he helped me two days in a row yeah that's shocking it's 70 pounds for a 5 8 inch sheet yeah it felt like it yeah <laughs> so it's the same as a sheet well a sheet of like maple or oak plywood yeah so the first day i would lift up the top panel that was half inch and he would secure it enough that we could go back and screw it it in everywhere mm-hmm. and then the second day i rented a drywall lift because i thought oh i could do it myself if i get the lift you can do it yourself if you get the lift and you're doing the ceiling because it holds it flat oh got it but it holds it at an angle if you're trying to do like a wall it doesn't hold it flat to the wall right but thankfully he came back and helped so he would hold the lift and i would lift the sheet up onto the lift and then all that uh i know people have done it themselves and lifted the sheets themselves i would like to preserve my back so dude exactly like whatever i'm sure there's people that yeah. are gonna it's like 30 dollars to rent the lift for and we rented it and hung all of the top sheets so that uh, we got everything out of the way that needed the lift and then we just returned the lift and i came back and did the rest of it afterwards myself nice but I learned. Like, I feel like I could hang drywall no problem now, as long as you have the right tools. Mm-hmm. I did not mud and tape it, though. I hired that out. When we had the casita done, it's all about who you hire, because it got done twice. Because the contractor subbed out, and the first guy did it, and he did a poor job, so they had to take it all down and redo it again. And same with texturing it, too. So that's why when you asked me, should I just hire out, I was like, yes. Might as well. And it looks good. Yeah. I mean, he did, from what I can tell, he did a good job. I need to, like, walk through before I prime it and make sure there's not, like, any high spots that Mm -hmm. weren't sanded down or anything. But um, overall, it looked good at first glance. So it's just priming and painting. And he gave me recommendations. That's all that matters. It's going on Instagram anyway, so as long as it just, like, just photographs good, that's all that matters. It doesn't actually have to be, like, structurally sound or anything. And it looks way better than open studs. Oh, I'm sure. I actually showed my wife yesterday. I said, come check out the garage. And she's like, wow, it looks way better. (laughs) She hasn't checked it out at all? Mm -mm. That's funny. 
So it's I feel accomplished because installation started last week. So I insulated, hung drywall, and got it mudded and taped within a week and a half. So now you have to go put everything back in its place and get I have some to orders. Paint first. We'll paint, put everything back, get some orders, make some money. And cleaning up the drywall on the floor. That part I'm not looking forward to. And I have to put all my outlets back in because we took a lot of them out to do the drywall hanging. But that is what I've been doing and not making. <laughs> DIY making. It's different. Which, you know, I'm ho- it's like one step backwards, but I'm hoping it'll help me take like 10 steps forward from a organization and overall flow standpoint. Because now, so I sold my scroll saw. I got rid of an old compressor, so that freed up some floor space. I'm going to get rid of this big metal cabinet that does nothing. And then I think I'm going to lie in all my tools that are on wheels on one wall. And when I need them, I'll just pull them out and use them. And that way it's all condensed and not taking up as much space. Since I don't have any projects in the works in the shop right now, if since everything is mobile for me, I could move everything to one bay and someone could actually park in the other bay right now. Wow. Because everything's on wheels. It's really weird. I haven't seen it like that in probably a year. I love having everything on wheels. Yeah, but I did because I got rid of a bunch of scrap wood. Putting that bore rack up helped a ton saving space. That's part of it. So it's funny, right? Because I have that rack Mm -hmm. and I took it down and I put all of that lumber in my trusses. See, just ship that bore rack over here because I think I want a third <clears throat> rack, in, like a third bracket in there just mm-hmm. to prevent sag and everything. I've debated like hanging it on the wall next to like the garage door track mm-hmm. and only putting like um, the boards I would actually use regularly, which right. are usually maple, walnut, and cherry. Right. Most of what I put in the trusses is stuff my dad gave me years ago. And it's it it some of it has warped from climate changes from moving. But those are table those are pieces of wood that you're gonna like probably cut up and put with epoxy or something because you can't if you try to flatten them out You're gonna have nothing left. You're yeah, you're gonna have nothing left. I have uh I started redoing the entryway of my house and i need to do like a coat rack or something like that and then amanda and i were talking about what kind of wood we wanted to use in there like walnut hickory whatever and i was like come out to the shop let's see what we have and the amount of hardwoods that i have stashed away that i'm slowly acquiring i was like i have everything we need to make it so go ahead and pick out of this stash what you want even cherry or maple like we have everything on hand for the amount we need right now so i think i'm gonna have a walnut coat rack and i'm pretty pumped about it Nice. That's fine. that's bougie right there. That's an expensive <laughs> coat rack. I'm yeah. waiting for, I had to order some hooks though for it. I wanted like really industrial looking metal forged hooks, so I'm waiting for those to come in. I have a bunch of strips of maple and walnut and cherry that I cut a long time ago with thoughts of like doing cutting board kits and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I never did. So now I have like enough strips to just make a bunch of either I would probably do edge grain or end grain cutting boards. Pretty cool. I think you should I think it would be funny because you know you're not a wood worker to put all that to put all that to use. You know it'd be funny. Make it and then engrave it hashtag fake woodworker. <laughs> I should do that. At least one. That'll be your personal one. Yeah, exactly. Alright. On to Self doubt. The self doubt. <laughs> As we're talking about spending money on, well, for you especially, spending money on your shop upgrades and not having any orders. It's not like you can even take orders right now. No. Well, that's the problem. So I have one and I can't even do it because I can't get to anything, which is why I have to bust my butt to prime and paint and finish. And the cost sucks. I'm not going to lie about that. The biggest cost of this was the insulation. And it's because I live in Vegas, it is super hot, and everybody told me, if you're going to do it, do it the best you can, because if you don't, you'll chances are you'll regret it. And then do it when it's the peak season of heat, so you're not, so you're completely miserable out there, and you hate yeah. your life? Okay. Yeah. 
That's good advice. That sounds about right. <laughs> well, it was one of those things. Like I had a lull in orders, and I was I was having that self doubt. I was like, I'm not going to get any orders. Like even if I got them, like I have no motivation to go out there because it's so hot. I don't want to be in it. And I talked to my wife and said, would you be okay with insulating and air conditioning the garage? And her response was, if you take me to Disney World. So, trade. I th- I think her co- hers costs more money, I think. In the long run, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we also haven't taken a family vacation in a couple of years, so... I was like, you know... I think, honestly, she may have got the better end of the deal. It, it was already booked. Yeah. We booked it earlier in the year. So I was like, I'm already taking you. So I guess that's a yes. So, insulated. I did the drywall myself to save money. Because it was $1,500 to have somebody hang it and finish to get ready for paint. If I hung it myself, this other guy charged 350 to finish it. So it was like, you know, a $1,200 difference almost, eleven fifty, And the materials cost me about 300 bucks, which some of them I could return because we had extra drywall sheets. So I think I paid maybe $500, $550 total to drywall and mud and tape the garage. That's not bad at all. The insulation was the expensive part. Right. Which, it was open cell spray foam insulation for over, it's like a 420 square foot garage. And it's all three walls and the ceiling. And the ceiling they did extra. It was like R30 or something in the ceiling of spray foam. But it was like 2400 bucks, which was a huge hurt. Yeah, no, no, I'm going to get hate. Why'd you do that? That's a waste of money. Whatever. I've already heard it. I don't care. <laughs> I did it. It's my garage. Not yours. For everyone that doesn't want to talk crap about it, though. Trevor needs your orders, so if anyone wants to put a Yeti order in or something like that now, so he can make up that cost. Yeah, so. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be much appreciated. <laughs> I, d- I did it so I can actually be out there. But I am working on getting the AC unit next, so that's hopefully in the work. It'll be a mini split, which <laughs> somebody's like, yeah, you, you can get by with a 12,000 BTU. This was from a company. You can get by with a 12,000 BTU unit. I'm like, really? What's that rated for? They're like, you know, 450 square feet. I'm like, yeah, my trusses are open and I'm in 110 constantly. Oh, that won't work then. Yeah, I know. Thank you. So it's going to be, it's probably going to be 24,000 BTU. Because what I was reading in an article from one of the companies was if you live in excess heats of X percentage whatever your square footage is btu rating add an extra 30 percent because of the heat and then they said if there was something else that said if this then add an extra 10 percent btu because whatever it was it qualified in my house so by the time you add the extra btu rating they recommend it ends up being like 18 19,000 btu that what I, I is what i would need so i'm gonna overkill it with a 24 nice which i'm already wired for but you need that for your laser anyways, so. That's, so the whole, the whole reason is the laser's not supposed to run in temperatures over 90 degrees. I feel that about me too. I feel like I shouldn't have to run in over 90 degrees. I shouldn't have to work in that. After ripping out drywall insulation, reframing, and drywalling all in like 105 plus, I would agree with that statement. <laughs> I mean, I could totally handle it, but it's definitely harder and it's less motivating when it's hot to go accomplish anything and that's i think we're finally out of our heat wave now so i really have no excuse not to be out there working but i'm kind of not i'm still in my lull but i'm trying to figure out i guess i'm trying to figure out what i'm doing with my life i guess is what makes sense trying to figure out what to do with the business and what projects i want to take and i think i'm getting to the point where i want to build and sell and not take customs which is really narrowing things down for me but i think might make me happier in the long run yeah i understand that it's definitely tricky and it's gonna change my like appeal to people i think but the last couple projects i've had have had 
very meticulous people take feeling like they can take control over me and i think that's definitely what not why i started doing this i didn't i don't want to feel like i'm working directly for somebody as much as i want to feel like i'm working with them and that's not how i've been made to feel the past couple times and i guess it's just messing with like my psyche a little bit and i'm having a hard time getting past it yeah i can agree with that it's one of the issues i have is so you're making a bunch of stuff and you have that spurt of orders and then all of a sudden it it like drops off a cliff for whatever reason and then you i haven't been able to get the traction again to get orders and then people undercut my pricing and do sometimes like their scrolls all cutting it I'm like how are you making any money that well that's the problem they don't and they don't care about it which is frustrating they're not taking account for their time right they're doing the sign that is probably taking them six hours to cut and they're charging a hundred bucks that's like cornhole boards i mean how many times do we talk about that that people charge 50 bucks 60 bucks for custom cornhole boards and that's including bags and it's like you're literally giving them away and you're taking a loss now because there's no way you're getting materials cheaper for that even if you're buying them in bulk so what's the point of me making that well and for me it's i have shipping i have in certain areas i have to charge sales tax and then i have processing fees from online sales and credit card processing and people don't think about it because every time you buy something online somebody is incurring like a three percent credit card fee yep because that's just if how it not works. more yeah that's the that's the cheapest i've seen is three percent yeah and you have that plus you have the shipping plus because all my stuff is free shipping on my website so you have that and then you get these people that are doing customized things that are the same as mine and they're they're selling them for the same price I'm buying the material at. Like, there's no way. You must be buying them from China and waiting two months to get the, the items. It's crazy to me because even those hooks that I just bought for my entryway, I ordered them on Etsy. And looking at this guy's prices, I don't follow him on Instagram. I mean, I probably could. I could probably search him out. But looking at his prices, I'm like, I know you paid more in materials than what you're charging alone for each of these things. Now, I don't know if he's batching out or whatever. And good for me because now I got a deal on it. But like you must really enjoy this as a hobby. That's what's so hard though is, you know, someone enjoys it as a hobby and they could either basically give away the stuff for free. But why wouldn't you want to make a little bit of money? I don't know. Like why wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like go buy yourself something pretty with what you're, what you're making. Buy yourself a little beer fridge, something like that. I don't understand why you're just working for free yeah there you go send send a beer fridge to my updated garage (laughs) that is on the list (laughs) but you're right like i don't get it people want to do all this work they're like oh i just enjoy it like yeah but you're undercutting the people that are trying to turn it into a business that's what like part i think that's what messes with our like self-assurance and our like gives us self-doubt and everything it's like how are we supposed to be sustainable if we have this competition and granted we're handcrafted quality made all of that yes i'm saying saying really high quality things about trevor's work and my work and everyone that's listening but (laughs) but i don't i just don't understand like do you not care about the product that you're putting out there do you some of them don't not take as much time it's just so why do it? That's that's what blows my mind. Well, and some people, when I have to paint a sign, it is like six coats of stuff with sanding and like meticulous attention along the way. It's so funny. Some people will like prime one coat, paint no sand in between, and call it done. And I feel like if I were you, each time I held that nozzle down, I would just be seeing dollar signs too. Because mm-hmm. that's all cost. That's all material that all needs to be accounted for. And what if yeah. you buy some like neon orange color for some sign, some custom sign? You're never going to use that again. So that all needs to be accounted for. Done it's it. like, I don't, I really don't care about money. Like I'm not a huge, like motivated by money person and everything. But when it comes to running my business, everything I see as a dollar sign which is nuts. Like you go buy paper towels and it's like, man, this Mm -hmm. Costco pack of paper towels was $20. Like the shop rags. 
like you buy this MDF for the CNC that I'm making the wasteboard on. Like, granted, that's a cost that will pay for itself eventually. It's like, but that's, you know, $30 for a sheet of MDF. You have to buy a whole sheet and you only need 30 something inches of it by 30 something inches. All those T-nuts, like that's everything is a dollar sign. I, I totally agree with you. I know you, it's just like, so how... How am I supposed to keep paying for that stuff if someone's sending me some, you know, screen grab from Facebook Marketplace and they're like, hey, this person's going to charge $40 for a walnut cutting board. Can you do the same and laser engrave it? Or not laser engrave, but CNC it, you know what I mean? And it's like, I I can't touch that price at all. No. It's impossible half the time. And then I have a couple friends that like dabble in woodworking they you know what i mean they they do it for fun they do it for their house whatever and they'll start asking me how much i'm charging for stuff and they say i'm too expensive it's like that's kind of insulting because you know how much this material costs now are you saying it's expensive because you could make it and you wouldn't have to pay that hourly rate or do you think my work is not worth what i'm charging it reminds me of when you're at a craft show Oh God. And people walk into your booth and they tell their spouse, honey, you can make that. You don't need to buy it. I love when people in are front of other people buying it from me. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is a gift from my husband. He could make it. But I wanted to surprise him with it for such and such day. And it's like, thanks for slapping me in my face. Yeah. You know how badly I just want to turn around and be like, then don't buy it from me. <laughs> make him make it himself. But I have. Well, you also have self-doubt, not only from what people say, or the lack of orders or progress or whatever there, but if you try to, so if you try to work with brands, sometimes they can give you some self-doubt too, because they'll be like, oh yeah, we want to do stuff, and then they put like handcuffs on you to be able to do it. (laughs) You can speak to this one better than I can only recently yeah i'm gonna say not naming any brand names but yeah i'm definitely not gonna do that you got potential contracts so yeah it was one of those things where you'd get some kind of product but then they wanted like posting about it that like i get that that's why you're getting the free product but when you want or when you put in the agreement or contract or whatever that you need to approve everything seven days in advance you need a schedule of all my posts like and you're only giving like a couple hundred bucks and and you want multiple posts like i get like i don't have a ton of followers so the price per post is pretty low but requiring like a calendar of posting i have to give it to you so i don't work 7 days in advance no i can't i said how many times i can't even post 2 days in a row i think yeah. in this past month i've posted maybe 4 times but like that's what that, I think, defeats the whole purpose of being a ma- maker mm-hmm. and being self-employed. Now you're locked into this brand and this contract to get some free stuff. And I just feel like that's like selling your soul. Like, that's that, nothing can be that worth it to me. Maybe it is for yeah. other people. But... Well, you and I have been talking about this one for a couple of days now. And this is one where if... If they don't budge on that part of that agreement, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, once I finally read the contract, I really understood why you kept asking me to read the contract. When you kept saying, I could send it over to you if you want to look at it, just so now, you know well, what it you looks know like. Why and then I, I was like, I really don't think I'll ever get into business with companies. And then you're like, okay, no, I really just need you to read it. Like, And instantly, the same section jumped out to me as it did to you that's why i wanted you to read it See? build your tribe because i wanted a maker to read it yeah. to understand how much work that was actually going to be this wasn't going to be like an extra 10 minutes this was going to be like an extra like eight hours because i to be able to organize all that and figure out what i want to do and plan it that far ahead because i typically do it and then the day after is what i post i don't do i don't queue up a week in event, which is probably why my instagram is stagnant <laughs> But but I don't post, I don't uh, queue it up for a week in advance. I don't know how some people do it. Honestly, they they have their perfectly staged photos and everything. I'm like, good for you guys. Like, I don't have the patience for that. So I've learned a lot about how to do cool things, and I 
I think once my garage is put back together is when I can start to do that. So, like, I want to make an assembly table slash outfeed slash workbench. Mm-hmm. You want to be like, like me? it's mm-hmm. And it's because we don't have enough space to have, like, three different ones. Right. Like, you need one that can do it all. I love the brown paper roll that's attached to the side, and you can just pull it up. I got that idea from John Ayala, by the way, for everyone that thinks I'm some genius. I've seen it, but I've seen it from a few people. Yeah, he sent me a video of his setup that he has, and then I took it, and then everyone thought it was some, like, mind-blowing innovation. And it's like, it's really just a dowel and some eye hooks and a roll of paper. It's... But I think it's something that'll be very useful. It's very useful. When I remember, it's amazing. Well, especially in shipping. Because I wrap all my signs in it. Not I. I don't ship. But I'd have, you know, I want... Sorry, Josh, because you need a shirt shipped. I want to do that and then get the paint cart that I have with the things that slide in and out. Mm -hmm. I want to integrate that into the assembly table and then get rid of that so it frees up. So it's going to take up, you know, the size of my table saw. So I need to get rid of other things that would be redundant, which I'll rip out the drawer slides and the casters before I trash it. But Heck yeah. Because that stuff is expensive. When I took apart my old lumber rack, I was like, this is exciting because I got four casters off of it. And casters are expensive. So I was like, that's like 40 bucks recovered right there. It is. <laughs> They're so expensive. The, I don't know what I'm going to do with them, but I was like, these will come in handy. Keep them. Yeah. You're going to need them sometime. But lately, so the self-doubt hasn't just been from getting orders or not getting orders it's and it's only because i tried to talk to companies at awfs and it was leads from that and some seemed super excited and some were super excited and then i would read the contract i'm like that's i don't know that i want to do that see i left awfs wondering is it possible to make to continue to make my business sustainable because I am not mm-hmm. a machine like all these other companies have to offer where they can do everything. I am one human building these monstrous pieces of furniture, which after building that last one, I'm like, I really need to finish my LLC. Like I really need to get it set up and get insured because that thing is a tank and they have an 18 month old, something like that. So you do need to do that. Yeah. So that's, it's in the works. That's, but that's, as I'm in my little lull, I'm doing all this other backend stuff that's not worth posting or really talking about unless someone is really interested in it. So like getting my LLC, I'm working on my real estate license because with I would like to start doing like design flips and everything and just doing all this backend stuff to to make my business sustainable and make it a little bit broader and kind of walk away from these big furniture builds that take so much time that do make money, but I have to make like lots of them. And it's really hard when it's taking, because it's just me eight to 10 weeks to knock these things out. So it's like, yeah, I made money, but then you start to break down your hourly rate and it's like, man, my hourly rate started at X dollars in this bid. And then I had hiccups and I had to extend it. So it just like keeps going down and down and down. Yeah. Well, thankfully I have a robot. That is my main focus. That's, I know. I didn't think that I would ever want to make my robot, like, run my business as much as I did. But now I'm like, let's let's get you up and running, buddy. Like, you need to earn your keep. You're staying plugged in. Let's earn your electricity. Well, the biggest thing is the material cost for me. Because some of the things I make, the material cost is just high. Right. And you can't really do anything about it because there's not a different supplier. Because they don't make, only one company I know of makes it. Right. So... And some stuff that I have designed for the CNC so I can kind of make a batched out product mm-hmm. that's kind of generalized, appealing to everyone, will be a very expensive material that will have to be ordered to. Well, and that's that's another thing that I doubt myself in is the ability to design something that everybody would want, like a generic standard design well not generic but standard design so that i don't have to customize it and it can be an off-the-shelf make Mm -hmm. i struggle with coming up with the ideas for that and then even when i come up with an idea i'm like nobody's gonna like that you know what i think my biggest self-doubt is 
is like the self-doubt of creativity. Will I? Because basically this is some form of artistry that we all do. Yeah. And maintaining the creativity and the excitement and the passion behind it. Is that possible? Because it's really hard. Like, granted, I'm not making some painting or, you know, it's not Picasso level, any of this, but it's hands on and you have to use a different side of your brain to be able to come up with these concepts and make this product and make it beautiful and appealing and functional and all of this. Like, is this just a little fad and like a little life step or is this something that will continue on and be something that I always have? And right now, I feel like I don't got it. I feel like I don't have the creativity. I know I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and part of that, I'll be honest, the last two weeks, I've kind of just said, F it. I'm going to focus on my garage. I'm going to focus on what I want to focus on. Because I think it'll make me happier. It's so funny, because I, I just told you that the other day. Like, I have no commissions in the queue, and I think I'm okay with that. And then it, my con, my phone just blew up that one day and I had so many requests and I was like, this, I guess this is what happens when you kind of put that like blocked off, like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? This energy out there, it's like, then everyone wants you, you know, it just made me laugh. So now I have to follow up with it, which I'm very terrible at. I have, yeah, I'll have messages sitting in my inbox for days at a time text messages facebook messages whatever i'm a terrible business owner i know that but i also don't open them so they don't show us red (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean this whole the last couple months i've just been like doubting whether or not this is gonna work so i might have just invested a ton of money in my garage to to have a hobby yeah (laughs) that's how i feel all the time like even amanda's like so when are you gonna be done buying tools and it's like well even if i stop making furniture i still i think would want to make furniture for ourselves mm-hmm. i don't think i mean small items i don't mind buying here and there from like home goods or whatever but for my big pieces like i need a dining room table like i would like to make that myself yeah i so i do need a new miter saw <laughs> i wouldn't mind a track saw they're fun like they're really a... like i have a circular saw but it's not the same no because i had the edge guide like the edge clamp or whatever for my circ saw and it ends up bowing in the center unlike the track saw because when you join the tracks you have like a little metal rod that sits in there to keep mm-hmm. it secure in the center which has made a huge difference but the past couple things i've made are so big i have 110 inches of track and that's not long enough so i was like oh need to invest in another track and then get the connectors for it too yeah it's massive. It's more money. It's expensive. <laughs> well, and I had to get okay with purging stuff that I didn't want to purge in the past. That's same when I threw away all that wood. Like I literally threw away like tons and tons of wood, but it's builder grade stuff and I I don't need that anymore. But at the same time you think I could use this one day. I could even use it for like sh- like to clamp down stuff, but I was like no, like just get rid of it. You haven't touched it in a year. Throw it away. Any any material other than hardwoods that I hadn't touched in over six months, I got rid of. So oh. pieces of plywood, uh, the plywood from the shop cabinet I built that was like the white coated plywood, mm-hmm. I got rid of because when I cut it, it would chip anyway and it was just kind of a pain. So anything I used it for would have been some artsy project i'm like if i want my kids to make something or want to give them material i'll just like go buy a new piece because i can't keep sitting on you know four square feet of my floor being nothing but a pile of what i'm never going to use and people like four square feet when you have a small shop is a lot of space four square feet and what's your actual floor square footage like 300 so it's uh, it might be 400 yeah so that's it's small. Yeah, but it per matters. Shop. Yeah. Like, that's enough space to put uh, the laser exhaust system and compressor for it. <laughs> so I don't have to worry about that with a CNC. But the other day, so I have the dust boot on there, and then I have the shop back hose. 
and mm-hmm. I have the hose running through like a picture wire. So it holds it up like the picture wire is mounted to the ceiling and it hangs down so the hose can stay in it and not drag across the wasteboard, but it's a little bit more elevated. Well, because I freed up all that space in the garage, I slid down the, sh- the shape oko probably like two feet. That's how much room I was able to free up. So now the wire that was holding the shop back isn't in the same place. So I had the shop back hose sitting through it. And because the like the spindle moved, it took the shop back hose with it and it pulled so much that it ended up knocking down two of my shop lights in the process because they were tied together. <laughs> So I've done like, that before. So I was like, oh, this is nice that I have this extra space, but I didn't account for like everything moving down and the fact that I could have just wasted like $60 in shop lights. Luckily, they're both intact still. But I was like, oh, God, just duck and cover as stuff comes crashing down at me. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I was lifting a piece of drywall like around to try and move it and clipped one of my shop lights. And one of the hooks released and swung down yep. really fast. But I've had a shop light like just straight up fall, face first, straight to the concrete floor. But it was like a, thankfully because they're LED, mm-hmm. it was, it's just an LED strip with a plastic housing over it. So it was fine. Yeah, one has, they're both LED lights, but one has the tube LED bulbs and then the uh, other one has the cover, but I was like, oh god, this is going to be a mess. But they're both intact. It's just super dark in there now. And mine are both sp- covered. I'm not supposed to be on a ladder unattended, so I haven't put them back up yet. I need to, that's one of the things I need to do, is put my shop lights back up. I took them down so I could get stuff in the trusses mm-hmm. and rip out drywall, and I haven't been able to put it back yet. See, that's my self-doubt, going up on a ladder. Will I fall again? That, <laughs> okay. So I was taking drywall down from the truss area that connects to my attic and I pulled a bottom piece down a top piece came loose flew down smacked me in the face and knocked me off the ladder thankfully I was only like two feet up and I was able to jump down (laughs) and after that I said I am done this is what I need to do I need to only be two feet up not five feet or eight feet because that's been both of my falls well, shortly before that, I was eight feet up. Yeah. <laughs> so it, but I've also, I have two ladders. One is like a generic A-frame, mm-hmm. which is wobbly because it's, you know, the, the cheap fiberglass yeah. thing. And then I have the little giant. Those are, I love those. That thing is so much more secure. Oh, absolutely. So from now on, unless it's like I'm going two feet up and I just need a step stool, I'm going with the little That's giant. the worst. When you know something is safer, but you just get careless and you're like, oh, I'll be mm-hmm. fine. I'll just get on this like rickety old ladder for a couple steps and nothing will happen. And then something yep. happens and it's like, I knew better. Mm-hmm. But no, you, you, you still had to take that like, I'll just take this little shortcut real quick. And now it's a long cut because I broke my butt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the I started using the little giant again when I was I was putting stuff oh well I was putting stuff into the trusses. I was using the little giant ladder. Never had a single moment where I felt I was gonna fall. Mm-hmm. The A frame did put one thing in the trusses and I almost fell. It's because it doesn't weigh as much, so it just goes with me. Mm-hmm. And I have to like forcibly move the little giant because it just weighs so much. Yeah. And plus, I like that you can go up either side. This is obviously not sponsored because. Not sponsored. You know, it's little giant. That'd be cool. Not sponsored, nor is it about self doubt. No. <laughs> well, the climbing a ladder and falling, maybe. But there are, I mean, there's other brands, but the, the type of ladder that right, you can right. climb up both sides is awesome and totally unrelated to self doubt but that's okay. I do worry all the time because what it's hard when you're you're your own money maker mm-hmm. like getting hurt that worries me all the time. Like when you're doing something dangerous and it's like if I fall and I hurt myself, what happens if now I really can't make money? Yeah. That's it's hard being self-employed. It's like a mental game constantly. I imagine. Yeah, I don't like it. I, feel, I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> I constantly ask myself, what am I doing? 
like I tell myself it'd be so nice just to go like clock in for work and have someone tell me what to do and then clock out and come home and not have to worry about anything. Instead, I get people sending me inquiries at midnight and asking for status updates and all this. Mute. Yeah. <laughs> I don't deal with that stuff after. Well, I do it up till midnight because I'm usually awake until then. I've actually started doing it to where I'm only responding between like 8 and 5 Monday through Friday. You're a business owner. It's okay to have self-doubt. I don't know a single maker that hasn't had self-doubt at some point. I think this just like reiterates the fact that we keep talking about finding your tribe and build up your core people of who you can talk to. Because when you're having these moments of self-doubt, talk it out with someone that gets it. Until the last, I don't know, six months maybe? Like ever since you joined and we started talking, if we if we have those moments... We've been able to chat about it and make each other feel better most I know, of the we time. we can virtually hug it out. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> virtual high five. <It's> a... <laughs> oh yeah, for all you Patreon people that need it, there's your virtual high five. That was my contribution to the Patreon. Yes, it was. <laughs> and I didn't even do it. You just did the virtual high yeah. five. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> she just said it. With that and doing the podcast and all this other stuff, now we have this group chat that there's, I don't know, maybe six or seven of us in. That if something comes up, we can post it. That I mean, not every single thing that is said in there is constructive. Right. <laughs> but if you're having a rough time, you can post it in there. And I would say you pretty much always feel better after talking about it. Because they'll boost you up or be like, yeah, that, you know. I get what you're going through. I'm going through the same thing or what well, even helps like some of the conversations about paying for booths at craft fairs. And is that a reasonable price? Yeah. Just getting answers because you don't always know. And sometimes it's your first run doing something. So having asking someone who's been through that before helps a ton. Yeah, I would agree. So, I mean, it's, if you are having self doubt and you don't have anybody to talk to, you can reach out to us. Like we, Oh, we yeah, when it's a regular message about, like, hey, how do you do this? Or, hey, is this normal or whatever? I'll answer that. It's usually just people that want me to build something for that I take a couple days to respond to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it may take us a little bit to respond, but we've been through, like, I've been through craft show stuff. You have, like, builds and inquiries and in-person mm -hmm. stuff a lot. I have all the shipping issues, so... If you have shipping issues, I'm your man. Or maybe it's, don't it's a reach running out joke to now because he can't successfully ship anything. It is a running joke that if I buy bubble wrap, it'll get broken in the mail. Bubble wrap too? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a pop. running joke. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So, I don't know. It's definitely important to have a core group of people that you feel comfortable talking to about stuff. And even, you know, how would you handle a situation? Like, we just had byram with one right had a situation brought it up in the group chat and we all totally agreed with him i love how he handled it <laughs> um, no spoilers but it was awesome <laughs> but it's things like that where you you send it to the group and you get yeah you might get differing opinions but it at least helps you figure out what you want to do or how you need to handle something or sometimes it's just a morale boost. Right. Cause some, I mean, it's even little stuff. Is my pricing right? What would you charge for this? Yeah. And then like customer relations. Sometimes you just need help with that. Other, not every customer is the same and they all need their hand held differently. So figuring out how to handle that and keep your sanity and like, sometimes you just need to talk it out with people and figure out the right approach. Exactly. I don't know how much we actually talked about self-doubt in the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> do we have doubts about our self-doubt? Of how much we touched on it? I do. I totally well, do. there's this thing called the after show now. So if you sign up for Patreon, yes. you can listen to the after show. And we may continue this conversation. Or we may talk about what we're going to be building in the future. Or what we saw on Instagram this week. It's going to change from after show to after show. And certain tiers you can be a part of the after show see i probably should read our patreon i know you're like 
I'll help with the Patreon. Oh, it's live? Okay. <laughs> you were really efficient. To... <laughs> You're really not. <laughs> I told you I will be the demise of this podcast. Like, Oh my god. Whatever. It's funny. You enjoy me. You still talk to me week after week, day after day. Mm. Mm. And, um, I'm, and I've met you in person, so... Mm. I know. You met me in person, and then you just signed us up to talk for two hours a week at a time versus one hour. So clearly... You're a fan of me. Well, in all fairness, we were talking for two <laughs> hours anyway. We're just recording it <laughs> we're now. We're just trying to monetize our conversations now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got you to gotta figure out how to keep it going. If we weren't able to fund the podcast in some way, I don't know how much longer So, right, we this is what the Patreon is for. It. It's not to go into our pockets. It's paying for website, yeah. ho- website hosting, the server that we record the podcast through, just different fees like that i mean one of the tiers is a dollar we're not our tiers aren't crazy we tried to keep it you know reasonable and and we when we built the tiers i got feedback from 10 different people that surprise me. on pricing and what they would expect for pricing based on a podcast tier. so we tried to do our due diligence and i yeah. tried to do our due diligence <laughs> <laughs> And making sure that they were reasonable. So So what Trevor is saying with that with that is I don't earn my keep and I need to step it up. No. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> That's, this is why you have in charge of the Instagram. Some harsh some harsh words were said between the two of us this week, but we are still here recording today. Mm-hmm. Well, if you can't, like, joke about the things that we're doing and give each other a hard time, then we probably shouldn't be hosting a podcast together. As we sound real mad at each other right now, we can't stop laughing. But some words were exchanged. I'm not actually (laughs) mad. Just so everybody knows. I think it's funny. Neither one of us can stop laughing about it. I think they know we're not really mad. Well, you never know. Some insults were thrown. (laughs) Anyway. Well. All right. So we're going to head into the after show, and if you want to catch the after show, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast and check it out. Come hang out with us. With that, see you in two minutes. I want to get a break. That's good for me. I can walk away. Not that long of a break. Oh. <laughs> All right, see you. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, head to www.makervisionpodcast.com where you can purchase merchandise or donate. You'll also be able to join the email list to stay up to date with the podcast. Find us on Instagram at Maker Vision Podcast or join the Facebook group Maker Vision Tribe.